0: got to do what you got to do. Welcome back to the Missions Uncovered podcast with me, Dominic, and your other hosts, Nee and Michael. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash aupod or the link below and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a free audiobook and start listening. It's that easy. Just go to audibletrial.com aupod to get started today. In this episode, we're going to cover how to make the most of your senior year by balancing college applications, coursework, and of course enjoying and making the most of your senior year. Michael, would you like to start us off by kind of recapping your senior year experience?
1: Yeah, I, I honestly think that my senior experience was as good as it was going to get. Your first semester of senior year is going to be super tough, and it was for me because I had a lot going on. I obviously had college applications, and I obviously had a lot of them to write. As many of you know, I applied to 20 different <laughs> schools, so you know that's a lot of essays to write. But I also was trying to compete in national circuit debate. And for those of you who are involved in national circuit debate, it's very culty, and it takes up a whole bunch of your time. It's like hours upon hours each day doing research into random things and writing long pages of nonsense to anybody outside the activity. But what's even worse is that almost every weekend you're going to a new debate tournament and a new city. And look, I, I loved it. I enjoyed it. I I really I I moved to the law magnet to do this type of very competitive, very time intensive debate. But in senior year, it was tough to balance debate. ...with college applications. So what I had to do was really make that tough call. Was debate important enough to me to sacrifice time for college applications? And it really wasn't. So in November and December, I stopped doing National Circuit Debate and went to one local tournament, which is much less time intensive. In order to focus on college applications. And I think the lesson there is that even if you really love an activity, it might be something you need to put on pause just for maybe 2 or 3 months because you're focused on college applications. Now, the caveat is that if you need the activity to get into your school, then you have to do the activity. But for me, I already had a record of success in debate that I didn't really need 2 or 3 months more of maybe like one or two impressive tournaments. So first semester was a time consuming disaster. But first semester was over, winter break was also a time consuming disaster, <laughs> but I it, it ended up okay. I submitted all my applications and some more random ones that I popped in at the end. So second semester was the best because I could finally relax because I already applied to colleges. It doesn't matter anymore. Like obviously I still did my coursework, but my school is best was not The most rigorous school, so that coursework was never a time-consuming part of my day-to-day high school life. But I also did a lot uh, second semester, like, I quit orchestra, I basically stopped doing national circuit debate. The only thing I really stuck with was the National Honor Society, just because I was president of that and felt obligated to keep doing good things and organizing things. Um, and also – well, also because, like, National Honor Society, I think, actually means something at our school, unlike other schools, and it's it was important to me to keep that going. But basically everything else I kind of dropped so I could finally relax my second semester of senior year. And what's great about that time, at least for me, is that I was able to really launch and start some of these side gigs. So – GOW admissions, the test prep and college admissions consulting thing. I started, I think, in after I got my Ivy League acceptances and same for this podcast. So that second semester was a really great time for me. I finally was able to enjoy enjoy high school because a lot of the pressure was just off. It was not up to me anymore. And because it gave me a lot of time to start some really cool new projects.
0: Yeah, he caught senioritis
1: essentially. Oh, I definitely did. And then became productive at the end of the year. (laughs) I mean, I didn't, like, to be clear, to be clear, I still got A's and stuff, but... Yes, yes. That's exactly
0: what I'm gonna do, Michael. I think. Um, Obviously, continuing my uh, scouting stuff, I wish you would have told me to take a little break before I, you know, ran for a position. (laughs) But, (laughs) we shall see. Hey, but you won, right? So that's what matters. I did win, and um, I also secured my outside of school rec letter hey, nice. that weekend as well so we're getting things done here at the podcast except just not common essays
1: <laughs> why don't you tell tell us a little bit about what that position is because it seems to me it's very time intensive so let's kind of think through um how you're going to manage that
0: it is very time intensive basically i ran for the position of lodge chief so in scouting there's i'm, I'm going to try to you know make it to where it's understandable because i find it very hard to explain scouting to people that you know just don't do scouting because there's a lot of like you know wording just like michael would be explaining debate to somebody yeah. that doesn't
1: do debate i feel like i feel like though our listeners are going to become experts in boy scouts at the end of this podcast
0: yes i'm going to
1: make everybody expert boy scouters
0: i'll make all of the uh the counselors and admissions officers they're going to become experts so essentially in the Boy Scouts of America, you have this honor society, and it's called, you know, the Order of the Arrow. Uh, Michael or Nibor refer to it as the Christmas Tree Club.
1: It's because the logo looks like a Christmas tree. If you hear that, that's what they're talking We're gonna about. We're going to put that in the show notes, and you can tell us what you think, and I think you're going to side with me. Okay, okay. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> in each lodge thing, so it's basically the council version, um, In in my council, it stretches, like, DFW area, it kind of cuts off at Fort Worth, goes up into northeastern Oklahoma takes a large portion of northeast Texas. It's huge. It covers like 23 different counties. It's enormous. There's like 50,000 youth in the council. And in the lodge, which is just like the order of the Arrow version of the council, there's about 3000 people. And each year there's an election held to determine the new uh, lodge officers. There's a lodge chief and then six vice chiefs. And I ended up running for lodge chief and I won that by three votes. Out of a uh, total votes of, I think it was like 180, so very close. Last year's election was two votes, so <laughs> doing better. They they do they do get very close, but I was relieved that I got that. So that was the election part. But basically, the position is you you have to run the lodge, and you have these vice chiefs. And what I learned from the NOAC planning experience that I've talked about before is I enjoy managing committees and teams and stuff, and enabling the people on the teams to do what they want to do and complete their job. So my primary goal is just making sure that my vice chiefs have what they need to succeed and complete all the areas. Um, our lodge is very structured to where everything that happens, there's a vice chief under me that directly oversees that. So I'm kind of like the face and I you know make sure things run and complete the day-to-day operations. But in order to be most successful, I just need to enable my vice chiefs to be able to do that. And it's a year long term, so it runs first weekend in September to first weekend in September. Uh, So it'll take me all the way through my senior year and summer. I get to do some cool things. So I'm on the council executive committee with all like the, you know, famous politicians and businessmen. That'd be cool. Um, I get to give a couple speeches to crowds of like three or four thousand people. Um, That'd be interesting. And then (laughs) (laughs) uh, what else? Uh, I'm essentially like the, uh, the representative of the youth of the council. So all 50,000 kids ranging from, like, age 5 to 21. Wow. That's where I represent them on the council executive committee. And I wasn't really working towards this, but in, like, my area, and because I want to go off to college and not stay local, it's pretty much the end of the road in my youth scouting career, I think. So I'm, I'm very happy with where I am. I think it's going to be great for what I've done building up to this, and I'm really excited for this year because the program means a lot to me, and that's what I've sunk Thousands of hours into over the past years, yeah, this is what I want to do with my senior year. So this is my big extracurricular activity, and the rest of them, like the podcast and all that, I'm still going to try to keep that up. <laughs> but I'll definitely not take on you know newer activities. Yeah. So um, I'm very content with what I have now as far as extracurricular. Um, it's what I've been doing for the past well, scouting I've been doing forever. But the podcast we have this structure. And I'm sure I can continue that. So as long as I'm not adding, you know, new things all the time, I think I can effectively manage my extracurricular activities and my coursework and
1: college applications. Are there are there activities that you don't care that much about that you can cut? Like because I remember you were thinking about a cryptocurrency thing uh, last year. Yeah. So
0: we were going to add that this year, and the plan is to add that second semester. So there's yeah. a lot of things I want to do second semester, but I just know that if I try to add it now, it's not that. I would have to drop anything. So that's not my style. I don't like to drop stuff. It's just I would have to scale back time with something else. And I'm really happy with how I'm using my time now. And I think it's portioned out well to where I can go head on into an activity, but also make sure everything else gets done.
1: Yeah, because that's the thing. And I think the biggest piece of advice we can give to any senior is that college apps are going to take a lot of your time, especially if you're like the three of us and looking to really top tier schools so if you're like that you're not gonna have time to do everything you did junior year you're just not and yep. you're gonna have to think about cutting back in some way or another whether it's an activity or whether it's your sleep and your health and obviously you want to cut back on the activity <laughs> and not like your life you know yes stay alive people sleep <laughs> don't die but
0: yeah i think i think the way it's uh, going currently it's it's very good for me as far as, like, balancing everything. I'm not unhappy or anything, and I'm definitely getting a decent amount of sleep, I think. Um, and I hope my health isn't suffering. I can't go to the gym as often as I'd like, but it's just going to have to suffer.
1: Well, I, I do have a recommendation here, just because I'm obviously the fitness expert <laughs> on the podcast.
2: Knowing Michael, yes, very true. <laughs> the jock of the podcast. <laughs> they laugh because I'm, like, the exact
1: opposite of that. <laughs> but... But, so, in college, it's actually a lot easier to go to gym the gym because it's just so close and you have a free membership, so you feel compelled yeah. to go. But even in high school, um, I didn't do this, but I probably should have. Just, like, every night before going to sleep, doing, like, 10 push-ups and 10 sit-ups, and you're done. Oh, gosh. You know, like it's, it's, like, a low-commitment thing. Yeah? Or you can sleep. Yeah, but it's, it takes, like, five minutes to do the push-ups, and I don't know why I didn't do them, so.
2: Like, you should have done that before you went to college, you know? Why? So you can get all the ladies. I, right? I already
1: have all the ladies. Okay.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Michael's a party animal, I bet he picks Oh up. yeah. Oh
1: yeah. <laughs> Doing the vodka things and the the, the the jello shots, bro. He's a beast at a uh, beer pong. Oh. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Not the Apple version. I'm Asian. I'm Asian. I have to be.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alright. All right. Uh, I don't know how we kind of spiraled out there. Yeah, let's move on quickly. From It's good for the uh, (laughs) community relief, I guess, because we're telling kids how to manage their (laughs) their lives. So, Uh, uh, uh
2: uh-oh. Okay, so before you can enjoy your life like Michael is, chilling at Columbia, (laughs) or like second semester Michael, where senioritis finally hit him, which is actually really late for most of us, because I know it hit in the second day of school but it's fine. Okay. That's really bad because you still have college apps to do. You can't let it hit in. Which transitions us perfectly to the next part. So if you're listening, if you're a senior and listening to this podcast right now, hopefully you finished up most of your testing, especially if you're applying early. If you haven't, then you really should be doing that, finishing up your SAT, ACT. This is the one part of your application that you really just want to get done out of the way. Make sure you have your scores secured. You can even start sending your scores to schools you already know you want to apply to. And if you're applying early, by the time you're listening to this, you'll probably have like one month left to work on your college apps. So you really should be um, finishing up your main common app essay, starting to write supplements for the schools that you're applying to early, keeping up with deadlines. I know we've mentioned a big one is November 1st, which may seem it's far like it's far away, but it's really how many days 45 days as dominic 45 said days
0: yep it's as we're recording this now it's 45 days but when this is released it's gonna be a lot closer yeah so,
2: so. about a month and you don't want to like apply october 31st because you never know you might lose power and have to go to the library and almost like miss. like me like me yep
1: and almost miss submitting all your apps Okay, okay, so it was actually not that traumatic. Okay. Mine was due November first. I went to the library at eight PM and submitted it. I went back home and slept. On the thirty first? <laughs> November first. Oh, on November first?
2: Yeah.
0: Michael. What? Don't don't be like Michael kids. Wait, is it okay. due
2: like midnight, November first?
1: Yeah, it's due eleven fifty nine, November first. Okay. Okay, make that forty six. Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then based off of our last app, ep- No, I will get mine done earlier. Hopefully you listened to our last app about getting letters of recommendations. So I know at our school and a lot of people, they're like, ask us a month early. So it's about that time of the year to start asking teachers for recommendations because you never know if they're going to ask you to present a resume or answer some extra questions. So you have to make sure you have time to get those materials ready so you can have the best letter of recommendations available.
1: And that's a really good episode to listen to, too, because we had Don Gonzalson, who has spent 20 years as a public school teacher and as an administrator at one of the top schools in the nation, at least by the rankings. Uh, so he knows about teacher rec letters. He wrote the teacher rec letters that got me into where I got into. And he knows what kids need to do to get good rec letters. So listen to episode 17 of Admissions Uncovered to find out how you, too, can get good rec letters. Yep.
2: And then also, I know... Some of our listeners might be applying to QuestBridge, and that deadline is actually really close. I think it's September 27th. You, Oh, yeah, you can oh, wow. check out some of the deadlines. We post a calendar every month of like some of the big deadlines, and QuestBridge is on there. So it's in about two weeks. So hopefully you're finishing that up and not just starting right now because QuestBridge <laughs> Quest can get you places. So you, if you're doing QuestBridge, make sure you... Really focus your time and energy there. And what is QuestBridge? I think it's like full kind of full ride scholarship program, usually for um, low income students. You have to qualify. They kind of have like an income cutoff. And basically, what you do is you'll um, complete a QuestBridge application. They'll review it, and if you move on to the second round, they'll allow you to rank schools only schools that are working with QuestBridge, and you can basically rank them in order of the schools that you want to go to, and then colleges will also see the application you sent and also rank you in a list, and if you guys match, so say like you ranked, I don't know, Columbia first and they ranked you first and you guys match, then you'll be offered an acceptance to the school, and the big thing is they'll offer you a full ride to the school, which is amazing, so... QuestBridge is really definitely. good. If you're like lower income and worried that you're not going to be able to afford college, QuestBridge is definitely the way to go. If you qualify, you should apply. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yep. Um, one thing I want to add on the calendars, and this is something that I'm going
2: to do because I just
0: realized there's just too many schools that we're applying to, to be able to manage all that in your head. And I, I don't know if Michael did this, but I think it'd be helpful to just kind of make a Google calendar or some kind of you know cal- uh, paper calendar if you're more um, hands-on, but just make a calendar where you schedule out all your deadlines. And then from there, pick days where you can, you know, work yeah, on I was gonna say that. what you need to work on and make sure that it gets done in time. You can throw on all your, you know, when you need to talk to a teacher about a recommendation letter, remind them about it, or when you need to go meet with them. Um, and I'll, I'll do this this weekend, um, while, as we're recording this podcast and I'll post that on the Instagram just so you, you can get, um. An example of what that is, also reminder about the Instagram while recording this, we have 95 followers.
2: Come on. woo! Lucky number 100.
0: Get us to 100. Please go follow us there. You can just visit us at admissions.uncovered on Instagram. Again, that's at admissions.uncovered. We post all of our giveaways on Instagram, and then we also post helpful reminders and all the news and college applications on there. So it's your one-stop shop for uh, everything
1: college-related. Mm-hmm. And one thing Dominic's absolutely right about is that the de- the deadlines on your calendar shouldn't just be hard deadlines. It shouldn't just be like one event on November 1st and one event yeah. on January 1st. It should be implicit, soft deadlines that you create for yourself to keep you on track. Uh-huh. This was one big mistake I made because I just had November 1st on my, on my calendar. Oh, and, no. so, and so I just did the Princeton supplement and my common up essay from the beginning of school to November 1st. And that's a mistake because then you only have two mm-hmm. two months to complete 19 different other applications. And so yeah. that was a very yeah. dumb mistake on my part. So it's sort of, really yeah. important to plan out your few months. Like this week, you're focusing on the Harvard app. The next week, you're focused on the Princeton app and so on and so on. And of course, like the deadlines can mix. You can move things around. They're soft deadlines for a reason, but you need to put some structure in place to keep you on track just so you remember to complete supplements and not waste all your time on the Common App. And that's the other thing, is that obviously the Common App is important essay because it's being sent to all your schools, but supplements are too. And even though the supplements typically are shorter and typically only go to one school – They're the things that are going to differentiate yourself. If you know some weird program a school offers, that's going to show that you're super interested in the school. Whereas some other kid just generically talking about how cool New York City is coming to Columbia, that's not going to be as compelling. So supplements are really important, and you should also carve out some time for those as well.
0: Yep. And then also just the uh – the long essay response questions for schools, but also the short answer response questions like, you know, 50 words, 35 words. I think some students kind of pass on those, but those are very important to where if you just take a little bit of time and craft a good response for those, uh, I think it's really going to help your chances because other students don't take those as seriously. I and mean, they're very important to the schools to show that you've really looked into the, into their programs and why you want to go there. So everything on the supplement section for the school, take that seriously.
1: Definitely. One other thing I'll throw in there with deadlines is get on top of your counselor, especially if your counselor is dealing with a lot of applications, and especially if you go to a big public school where they're not going to be able to micromanage each student. Because the counselor rec letter is something that goes with the transcript, and if they don't have your transcript, they can't really start evaluating your application. And counselor rec letters can take time to make even with a form. So make sure you go talk to your counselors early on.
2: Yeah, and while you're trying to do all this balancing college apps, getting recommendations, also scholarships, there are all besides QuestBridge, there's some big scholarships that will also give you full rides like the Coca-Cola Scholar or the uh what is it? something. But there are also the a- Cook Scholarship. That, yeah. So you should also be looking into those because I know a lot of like full-ride scholarships, your deadlines will be before, even before early decision or early action. So you should really look into that. But also staying focused um, on school because you do know your first semester grades will go onto your transcript and they will also require you to send that. So you don't want to like fail every single class because they can potentially revoke your acceptance.
0: Yep. So, on the topic of, you know, focusing on your grades, I don't know how I always end up having to be the dad on this podcast, teaching kids not to <laughs> bait in school and everything. But uh, now, kids, I'm going to tell you to stay focused on school, but I'm going to try to make it as non threatening as possible. So, please enjoy your senior year. Um, as Michael will say, second semester is amazing. Amazing. And please make the most of that. But first semester and second semester, you know, you should always focus on your grades, don't let them completely drop. But obviously, if you're spending time on your college applications and focusing on your extra activities, you're not going to have as much time to study for your tests or exams or whatever. So there might be a slight drop off, but please don't let there be a, a giant drop. The schools can see grades. I was talking to my counselor and some of these schools request like first six weeks grades or second six weeks grades. Yeah, us, they do. Which is interesting. <laughs> So if you're if you're not doing too hot in a class right now and you're waiting for the semester grade to uh, balance out, I would strongly recommend against that. Because, you know, although you might have, a, let's say, 85 in a class right now and, you know, it's going to come up to an A for the semester, that school might request it and it'll show an 85. So I would just say, you know, focus on all of your grades. Try to balance that as best as you can. Find that balance point and just kind of stick there.
1: Yeah, and one thing I'll say here is that it's going to depend on who you are, like this piece of advice, because if you're at a 99 average in all your classes, you're not going to need to focus on your on school that much. It's okay to drop from a 99 to a 97 or a 95 oh or, gosh. oh my God, even a 93. <laughs> oh my God. You know, like if you're that type of student who yep. really wants to get a hundred, I was that type of student. This is the time to let go just a little because chances yeah. are your type A nature is going to keep you from falling below an A average. Now, if you are a B or C average person, that piece of advice is not for you. If you are a B or C average person, then this is the time to get invested in school. It just depends on who you are. You're probably, most of you are like A average perfectionist students if you're listening to this podcast. So it's okay to chill just a little bit. Just yeah. a little bit. but A little bit. Yeah, don't, a bit. don't
0: drop the Cs. No Cs. Uh, those are not good. Cs are yep. bad. That shows a significant drop. Yeah. But you don't, grades don't have to be the major focus in your life right now. They should be a focus, but- You need to get into school or else those grades don't matter. Exactly. Um, Also, second semester, uh, Michael's been talking about it, and second semester is kind of like the light at the end of the tunnel for me right now. That's a good way of putting um, it. The light at the end of the tunnel. It's just, it's, winter break is just this light and I can see it, but I'm just so far back in the tunnel. It's... I'm tweeting this. Oh, we're going to make it. But while Michael is tweeting, uh, second semester, schools do have the ability to withdraw acceptances, Um, so don't fail class don't be disrespectful to teachers don't not study uh, because they can withdraw for multiple reasons it doesn't happen very often but when it does it's very unfortunate especially if it's after like the May 1st deadline then you're really screwed but uh, they can withdraw acceptances for you know your terrible grades if a teacher that wrote your rec letter like we've talked before writes another letter and says withdraw the acceptance because this kid is a demon now Uh, (laughs) don't be that kid but, you know, if you catch a mild case of senioritis, it's okay. It's going to be um, fun. It's very, it's very understandable. You know, branch out. Go do some other things. Start um, a podcast. The one thing I would say, yeah, second semester, just keep your grades good. Um, it's going to help out with that end of your GPA. Also, um, if you're if you're looking for rank at the end of the year, you might move up a couple spots when other kids don't care. Fighting Maybe over valedictorian. Graduating a little higher spot. Um, but at the end of the year, some most seniors, actually, I would say, they kind of forget about those AP tests. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, senior year you – no, know, I had eight junior year and six this year, so it's not as many. But they still count for college credit. Um, it, you know, The one benefit to senior year is you kind of know where you're going by the point you're studying and taking those tests. So you can kind of gear your studying towards tests that will give you credit. But <clears throat> these tests, they can give you college credit. And you can skip a couple classes, save a couple thousand dollars. You know, every little bit helps. Um, get that extra couple hours a week at college just to kind of get acclimated to the school. Skip that basic introductory course where there's 300 kids in the class. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of benefits um, to getting this AP credit. Also, you know, if you like your high school and you don't want their uh, scores to plummet, that'd be nice. <laughs> uh, if you like the teacher, you know, you might want to help out their pass rate. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, if you don't want to see a one on your perfect five record, that's another benefit. You know, there's a lot of benefits just focusing on the APs. There's not many benefits to not caring about them. Um, you don't have to study too much for APs. I don't think.
1: I don't think either.
0: You just kind of review. You've been doing this all year anyway in the class. So you might as well just review for the test, take the test. Who knows? You might get college credit. You might get some scholarship or whatever. It's just good to focus on these tests instead of, you know, not caring about them.
1: And again, a lot of this is going to be dependent on where you are. If you're a 99 average, you might not need to study for APs as much. If you're a 99 average headed into second semester, maybe you can let loose a little bit and, oh my God, God forbid, get a 90, you know? But if you're sitting with like an 80, then this advice that I just gave is not for you. It depends on who you are and you need to just like make a smart judgment call, um, for APs, my AP scores for senior year are actually better than my AP scores for junior year, which is yep. slightly embarrassing. Like, I got be mine too. threes I got and fours in senior uh, junior year, and uh, senior year I got all fives except for one four. Um, I, uh, I got a four in AP seminar, which is really embarrassing, because most of the AP seminar score is a teacher-graded presentation, so... Really? it's supposed to be like the thing i'm super good at but apparently not <laughs> how is that lit test uh easy uh i wrote oh, a really? I wrote a really nice essay on as i lay dying by william faulkner piece of art in my opinion and um the multiple choice is really sometimes easy i wouldn't stress too much about it
0: i don't know maybe just the stuff our teachers begin with is like the hardest stuff ever but i don't know man It'll be fine. Well, yeah, there's two things that kill me. It's like the, you know, 1600s writing, that, that old-fashioned r- writing style, mm-hmm. and then also poetry. And he gave us a
1: poem from the 1600s, and uh, I don't know, that was a struggle. So here's my tip for uh, English lit people. Uh, pick a big overarching theme and just stick with it throughout most of your essays. So for me, it was the universality of human suffering, and – Every single essay I wrote, I linked some metaphor or some syntax back to that. Like, oh, this shows that everybody has suffering and that suffering is part of the human condition and makes life valuable because BS, 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 BS. And, you know, it's like not the most interesting stuff, but it'll get you the five on the test because – Again, like for these AP tests, they're grading them so fast. They're doing checklists. Like, oh, you've cited a piece of sources. You've linked it back to a overarching theme. You've done two to three lines of commentary, even if that commentary is crappy. Checkmark, you get a seven on your essay, next essay. So there you go. Free AP advice.
0: Do your teachers require you to read tons of books while also swamped with college apps, homework, and extracurriculars? Well, we have a solution. Long-time sponsor of the Emissions Uncovered podcast, Audible, will give you a free audiobook and free Audible trial if you use our link. With the audiobook, you can tackle other tasks that you need to take care of while keeping up with the time-consuming reading for your, all of your classes. Go to the link below or audibletrial.com slash AUpod to claim your free book and beat
1: senior year. There are a few... Scholarships, I just want to name drop here just because they're really great scholarships that I don't think a lot of people know about. Uh, typically, a lot of state schools are going to have full-ride scholarships that will attract smart out-of-school kids to their school. So UT has the 40 Acre Scholarship. Uh, UNC Chapel Hill has the moorhead Kane Scholarship. UVA has the Jefferson Scholarship. And these are all scholarships that are a full ride, stipend, housing, plus some money for a summer studying abroad. So they're really great opportunities um, if the money thing is something you're concerned about. Uh, what The reason why I bring that up in this episode is because those often have a completely separate application with a completely separate application process and application deadline. So if you're interested in them, Add those to your calendar now so you know when to plan for them. Because often, because they're separate essays, they are basically another college application. And they're going to be through a different portal most of the time. Most of the time. So your teachers are going to have to go through another process of submitting their rec letter. And they're small things. It's not going to take like five hours to figure out this new portal, but they are additional things. So you also want to be telling your teachers about the additional portal they need to send it through. Because oftentimes, and I've I've had teachers tell me this, is that they they tell me like, oh, I, I've already submitted your teacher rec letter. Why are you bugging me? And they don't understand that. There's actually multiple portals for it because they're different things. And, you know, we can talk about the lack of knowledge about college applications and public school teachers some other time, but it's just something that you need to keep in mind to make sure your teachers are also on top of their stuff for these additional scholarship applications.
2: So after hearing all this, it may seem like you're going to have a heck of a first semester senior year, but... Here's the one key thing that you got to remember. It's senior year. You've survived three years of high school. And I'm pretty sure we can all attest to this. (laughs) There were some pretty rough three years waking up every day going to school. So it's senior year. Um, Your hard work is just about to pay off. You only have, if you're applying early, a month or two or three months left before you can finally kick back and enjoy your second semester like Michael did. But you also Mm got to make sure you can't put too much pressure On yourself right now you can't be too stressed because I know especially like in our class everyone's so high stress it can kind of get overwhelming not because really of the course load itself but more of like the pressure that you're putting on yourself which isn't gonna help anyone if you're just all always stressed out constantly worrying about what you're gonna have to do then you're really not gonna be in the right mindset to do any of it or do any of it effectively so you got to make sure you calm down. You still have time. If you're listening to this podcast, then you're doing something right because we're gonna give you advice to make this process easier. And here's and here's one thing
1: that you're gonna be stressed, but you need to find ways of coping with that stress that aren't just like ridiculous things. So for so last <laughs> the last podcast, Gonzales came Don Gonzalez came on the podcast, and at the end of it, he mentioned this I think really great name thing called the senior stress syndrome. And one of those things was that seniors are like, oh my god, I'm not going to get into any college. And that's just like flat out false. If you're an average student, you're going to find somewhere to get into. It's going to be fine. At the very worst, you're going to go to community college. Or at the very best, you're going to go to community college and transfer into like a big state school with a lot of the credits out of the way. So like it's – it's it's I always hated it when people told me it was gonna be fine when I was a senior. So I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> but you're gonna get in somewhere. It might not be your dream school, but you're gonna gonna get into somewhere. So anybody saying they're not gonna get into anywhere are either like over-exaggerating to get attention or they're just not dealing with their stress in the right way. The other thing I'll say is that Gonzalez also advised you to don't compare yourself to others. And I think that's something that's really yeah. easy to do in this process. Like, just, like, instead of worrying about your own application, talking about other people and what they're doing and what you think they're at doing At my wrong. school. So, Dominic, this is a perfect lead to class. your story.
0: Oh, you want me to tell it?
1: Yeah, tell the story. All
0: right. All right. So, at my school, um, I feel, and I think Neva's support this. I feel that they're kind of trying to push us away from the Ivies and all that. And I think they do that trying to help the kids. Because at our school, you know, it's since it's a, I would like a, you know, sort of semi prestigious high school, I think, from, you know, the supposed rankings that we've had in the past and all that. I think that the teachers feel that just the kids going to that school, um, they're pushed to apply to Ivies and all that stuff, which <clears throat> can have a negative effect on some kids just because they're pushing kids that probably shouldn't apply to a ton of Ivies to apply to Ivies. Um, I don't think that happens, and I don't think that's happening with my class, but um, a lot of kids, if they're applying to IVs or whatever, they're only applying to one, and they have a lot of, you know, their target schools, which is fine. But I'm more like Michael um, in that, you know, I want to apply to a lot of the top-tier schools. Uh, I like the, you know, the programs they offer. I haven't thrown on all the IVs. Um, I only selected top-tier schools that I feel would help out with what I want to study or – To be clear, I provide.
1: didn't apply to all the Ivies to. I no, only Michael did not. Seven.
0: But I'm applying to less than he is. So, um, you know, mine is really directed at programs that I like or things that I might want to be into. So, you know, possibly politics or government, but that's not my main focus. You know, I want to do business or economics, but I would like the schools that I'm applying to, to also have that fallback option in case I want to switch later on, because I have switched what I want to do in my life so much, just like many people have. Um, but I say all that uh, to show that, my list is different from most people's. So just like Michael has discussed before, I have a big list. It's not exactly 20. It's a little bit less, but <laughs> it is uh, – it's a large amount, and I think that my list is probably the the biggest of my – in my class right now of kids that have kind of talked about theirs, and I'm very open about talking about my list to other students. Um, a lot of people will kind of hide their list or whatever. You know, well, if somebody make sense to me to about me. my list – I'll talk about the schools that I'm applying to. I don't, you know, if somebody wants to ask me where I'm applying to, unless they're adults, you know, like adults are, once you tell an adult where you're applying, they always want to talk about, you know, yeah. that's where they went yeah. or all that stuff. Yeah. But if a kid wants to talk about where I'm applying, you know, I'll I'll talk to them about that. Um, but apparently kids in my school have nothing else to do in their free time except talk about my college <laughs> list. Because every time I'm texting one of my friends or somebody at school that I don't talk too much. They always talk about my college list and they're like, oh, you know, I heard your list is crazy and all this stuff. So, apparently, my college list is the current senior year drama. <laughs> Goes to show the type of school that I go to. <laughs> Jeez. But, I mean, hey, if if I'm the main focus of attention. You're fine with that? I guess if they want to do that, it, it's fine with me. Except I know that they'll also be talking about me once I get into the schools on my list.
1: Yes, yes. Just
0: saying. Because <laughs> if I'm the only one applying to, like, those schools, you know. I think, I think they'll be talking about me later on. Um, you know, I'm fine with it. But I just, you know, Michael found it very amusing.
1: Of course I did. <laughs> like, these are seniors who find had their yep, do, have their own college applications. They have their own college. But they're talking about someone else's college. Like, what? <laughs> uh, you know, it's ridiculous. I don't know. So this it's, is the example of the type of thing you should not be doing. A, because yep. it's like... Not a good use of your time, nor an interesting topic of conversation. Just... Yeah, my college list is not that... It's not a very interesting discussion Yeah, you know, like, I, I, I consider myself a little bit awkward at times, not the best conversationalist, but even I would not be like, oh my god, did you hear about that kid's college list? It is so ridiculous. Like, that's... What
2: type of conversation is... Okay, and then also the thing... Like, there's this strange. mentality where just because someone is applying... To this school, like you're yeah. dissuaded against applying to that school just because you think yeah. you won't get in because this one person from your school happens to be applying among the ten other schools that they're you know applying I'm to. Not
0: interested. Um, neat. How have you heard these conversations? Yeah, because obviously, they don't, really, okay, like about know dominant. Share. No, I mean, yeah.
2: no, like people are just like, um, your list is insane. That's about it. You should tell them about my list. Yeah. But okay, like the, I know
0: whenever they talk about mine, I'm just gonna, <laughs> but I'm just to be gonna honest, like
2: <laughs> overall we should all just like stop talking about our college list. I mean, like I'm guilty, yeah. but I only share it's it. Become
0: the new like grades discussion. But I only
2: share yeah. it with my uh, like close friends, and we're actually like talking about it, not to be like, oh look, I'm applying here and there. Because some people, yeah. no, I don't. Some go people are saying, so you know, nosy. Like,
0: doing this, it annoys
2: me so much. Yeah. I'm just like, people I'm just like nosy. back off. Like just because I'm applying, I, I'm gonna do what I want. I'm not applying just because, and you don't have to, like, feel threatened or, like, like some people, like, don't like other people, sometimes just because they're applying to the same school, and I'm like, honestly, like, that's not, they're not your competition, unless, okay, unless you're applying to, like, MIT, where they only take, usually take one or two students from a single school, but other than that, I doubt you're going to be, like, in direct competition with anyone at your school for this college, because, like, each of...
0: And if you are, just be better than. Yeah, like I don't. I just beat them out. Stop
2: spending time talking about it and try doing something. Write your applications.
0: Yeah. Focus on your application while they're busy talking about you. You're going to be getting into that school.
2: But like, I also, I also
1: want to dispel this notion that oh, like MIT is only going to take one kid from our
2: school. You know,
1: traditionally, maybe that's what they've done in the past. No,
2: that no, for MIT, are, that's actually a thing. Who?
1: Sure, it is. They, they sure. If you're if you're like if, if you have two international science fair finalist, MIT is going to be like, "Yeah, we're only going to pick one of you." <laughs> it's a it's a it's it's like a illegal for MIT to pick two people. It's like fake news. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. But there's also like a weird thing around college applications where like you said like, "Oh, well, that kid's applying to Princeton, so he is my or they or she is my competition." <clears throat> and in in some sense they are because you're applying to the same school. But you're also competing with like thousands of other versions of them. So if you're going to hate on everybody applying to Princeton, you're going to be hating on a whole bunch of people, not just the one person in your school. And it's also like you've been in the school with them for four years. If you if you have this mentali- mentality about college applications, it seems like you should have that mentality about all of high school, that you're competing with this person for rank and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. if you've gotten away from that mentality in coursework, then you should be able to use apply the same mentality to college applications like yes we are competing but that doesn't mean i have to like hate on them and talk about them behind their back and talk about how absurd their college list is it just seems ridiculous to me both amusing and and ridiculous
0: i think that colleges care more about regions than like you know specific schools yeah you know they'll take they'll take two kids from the same score three kids from the same school but they're not going to take 90 percent of their class from southeast
1: yeah, you know? yeah. They
0: want to spread out their region, and I think they care more about that than the school, which I think they should. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because you're going to get two very different kids from the same school, but if 90 percent of your class is from the southeast, you're going to get a you know they're they're going to be pretty similar. I think the overall class. Yeah. So I think yeah. yeah. You have
1: Don't competition. Don't worry about the kids at your schools. Whatever. Just apply.
0: And if they want to worry about you, just focus on your applications. Yeah. And, and then if the schools do take one kid from your school, you'll be that one kid.
1: Yeah. And especially, like, don't not apply to the school because you have a friend also applying to that school. You could be roommates. You could be roommates. That'd be great. Yeah. I mean, like, maybe when decision time comes around, and we'll talk about this later, one kid gets in and you don't, and you might feel resentful, and you shouldn't, blah, 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 blah. But that's, that's, like, months away. Just don't worry about that. Just apply and figure it out later. And then you'll have another great option that you can go to. There you go. There you go.
0: Michael won't say it'll be fine, but I will say it will be fine. Because if I can see the light at the end of the tunnel.
1: <laughs> well, it, I mean, like, I don't know. I was always frustrated when, like, old people were no, yeah. like, oh, it's always going to work out. You're going to. My, my counselor, not Gonzalez, but my actual counselor was always like, you're going to end up where you are destined to be or something. Or, like, so and it's just, like, did really Gonzalez frustrating. Write, did he write a teacher
0: letter for you? Or was his the, uh, the counselor?
1: letter uh so he wrote a teacher rec letter to me that i used as letter. an okay. additional rec letter although retrospectively yeah. i should have asked him to write the counselor rec letter because that would have enabled his letter to get to every single one of my schools. so that was another mistake i made
0: and then now that we've made it through college uh applications you know if you make it to second semester which you probably will uh, you will
1: make it you're not gonna like it's gonna <laughs> be fine you're gonna get to second semester just
0: we're gonna make it's it it's gonna be fine You know stick around uh second semester we'll have some other episodes geared toward you know picking your college or narrowing down your acceptances or you know worrying about financial aid or where to go what region, and all that but now that you made it to the second semester this is really the time to do something fun that you always wanted to do you know so michael and i talked a bit about earlier about my extracurricular activities and how i've picked what i want to do in the first semester and how i can balance my time to be able to give college application my best effort and also, you know, make the commitment to my positions that I currently have. But second semester is really the time to do something fun that you haven't been able to do. Schools are going to settle down. Your college applications are going to be done. Um, you know, you can quit orchestra like Michael. Yes. Uh, but you know, if you wanted to write a book, you can write that book. If you want to do a big project, you start that big project. If there's an interest you wanted to do before, like, a certain club or activity go ahead and do that
2: or if you um, want to party you, know, you can go second party semester,
0: yes you can go party whatever you know we don't endorse <laughs> underage activities but you know if that's you do you but i would say you know don't catch your case to senior and just go home and sleep because this second semester time is really where you can experience that social aspect of high school where everything else is kind of you know slowed down and you know Get ready for graduation. Enjoy your time. Just keep your grades up. You know, be a responsible student. But also make sure to enjoy yourself because you've worked hard for this. You've done, you put in your time in high school. You've done your college applications. Uh, you know, start focusing on which schools you want to go to. Uh, spend time with your friends because you're about to go. I don't want to get too sad, but you're about to spread across all over the nation. Whoa. So you're going to lose all your friends. Whoa. They're going to be gone. Just they're gone. They're not going to be Fall gone. off the face of this not planet. they just gone. Yeah, they're you might see them periodically, you know, when you come back. But, you know, spend time with them. Enjoy your senior year. It's going to be great. And then you go off to college. And Michael like I'll tell you, college is great. It is.
1: I mean, it's only been two weeks, but I have so much free time. It's amazing. So many things I could do. Um, and yeah, also like on the second semester of starting new projects or activities or whatever, you're going to – I found at least that after – in the second semester, I just had – a bunch of free time because college apps are over. But all the efficiency I gained by furiously writing essays late at night, I kept. So I kept all the good stuff about college Ooh. applications. Like I kept my ability to write well, write fast. I kept my ability to manage time well, to juggle a lot of things at once. But then I had this semester where I had nothing to do. So I was able to do, I think, a lot of great stuff in that semester. So – some of the things I'm most proud, like starting a podcast, is one of the things I'm most proud of coming out of high school. And I started that at the end of high school because of the efficiencies I got from efficient, um, you know, like the efficient skills or productivity skills I got from doing college apps. So take advantage of all the skills you're going to learn, not just like the, the essays that you've written that you should be proud of, but also the the processes that went into writing those essays and went into applying to those schools.
2: All right. Yeah. yeah wrap it up.
0: Wrap it up yeah cool all right thank you so much for listening to this podcast uh you can visit our patreon page at patreon.com slash admissions uncovered if you want to support the podcast um also the audible trial i think that's a fantastic opportunity to be able to take advantage of that free audiobook uh so that's at audibletrial.com slash au pod and then also let us know how your senior year is coming along with your college applications Maybe everybody at your school is talking about your college list like me, and we can bond over that in the, <laughs> the comment section below. Uh, so, again, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. i be very energetic, this podcast. Is this good, Michael? <laughs> yes, it's good. All right, I'm just going to talk like this. Okay. To where he okay. just drowns out Start all the noise, because I'm literally yelling into my mic. <laughs>